There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. We're asking people to guess which film you are. So tell us, Emma, which movie are you? I'm a 2006 film directed by Martin Scorsese based on the 2002 Hong Kong film Internal Affairs. I star Leonardo DiCaprio as an undercover cop in Boston who infiltrates the world of an Irish mob boss played by Jack Nicholson. Simultaneously, Jack Nicholson's character places one of his men played by Matt Damon as a mole in the state police force. I am the film that gave Martin Scorsese his long away win for Best Director at the Oscars. Which movie am I? Okay, we're going to head to London now. Ollie Barrett joins us. Ollie, if you know the answer to the question, don't say it. I don't. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. You and you and only three other people that have texted the programme tonight, Ollie, because everybody else seems oh, to be wow. getting it correct. So you're in good or bad company, depending <laughs> on if you're a glass half full or half empty. Ollie, great to talk to you. Um, you've got a couple of stories uh, making the headlines in Europe at the minute. And this first one, Uh, is about migrants uh, being smuggled across the channel. Six men have been found guilty of attempting to smuggle Albanian migrants across the channel. It is a popular route. Ollie, what more detail do you have? That's right. And this has been a a long trial uh, here in London, at the Old Bailey. Um, Nine weeks it's lasted. And at the conclusion of it, six men found guilty of uh, conspiring to, as you say, smuggle migrants um, across the English Channel, which links... Uh, it, the south coast of England with France, of course. Um, and uh, this was back in 2016 that this uh, plot was disrupted by UK officials. They've What they've been convicted of is uh, a plot to try and ferry mainly Albanian nationals, it appears, uh, to the UK from mainland Europe using uh, inflatable boats with rigid hulls. Um, there was uh, one incident in which at least 18 people were transported from uh, near to Calais in northern France to Dimchurch, which is in Kent on England's south coast. Um, 18 people at least in, a, in, in boats which were designed for only six people. So uh, very dangerous conditions indeed that these men were going to try and expand this plan and expand their operations with um, All of these uh, six men found guilty at the Old Bailey, as I say, after an investigation by the National Crime Agency, which was working uh, here in the UK uh, alongside French authorities, coordinating their resources to carry out surveillance over a four-month period. Uh, from May of 2016. We saw uh, at one point in in May in 2016 an inflatable boat found abandoned on Dimchurch Beach in Kent. There were signs on this boat that it had already been used to bring some migrants to uh, the UK. It had personal belongings uh, in it. It had uh, signs that people had been in there and had not been in great conditions as well. Um, This investigation uh, launched by the NCA, the National Crime Agency, uh, officials from the agency believe that if they hadn't busted this plan, this plot to expand these operations, to continue them and develop them, bringing migrants across the uh, English Channel, they believe that the, the group were also planning on using jet skis uh, to run migrants across this uh, this body of water, which is, by the way, the world's busiest shipping route. So incredibly dangerous that would have been. Um, French police had been carrying out surveillance near Calais uh, as well, where they'd seen uh, small groups of people appearing to signal uh, to boats. They believe they disrupted a, a potential crossing at that point uh, as well. So, um, as I say, officials believe that 
with this surveillance uh, in coordination with the French that they've disrupted uh, a plot that would have uh, developed and got much bigger and um, migrants being charged several thousand pounds a time for the uh, the crossings and the potential future crossings uh, as well but the national crime agency um is very active uh, worldwide in terms of uh, people smuggling operations uh, of migrants trying to get to the UK with at the moment we're told there are as many as 250 active uh, current investigations moving elsewhere ollie and uh, theresa may is in scotland to discuss brexit Yes, she is. And uh, she is going to face some very tough questions indeed from Nicola Sturgeon, the Scottish First Minister, who uh, is very critical of Theresa May's uh, Brexit strategy, of her Brexit plans. Of course, we have now uh, the so-called Chequers plan in place that Theresa May is trying to sell to her European counterparts in terms of how Britain leaves the European Union. Um, uh, But what Nicola Sturgeon wants Theresa May to do is to sell out much more detail about what the plan B might be. Um, If she can't get a a form of checkers to be agreed by uh, Brussels and the negotiating team there. Um, Theresa May, of course, uh, is saying she's confident that she can get an agreement uh, reached with European negotiators. Um, But at the same time, preparations are being stepped up by the British government for a no-deal scenario in which uh, a deal isn't reached with Brussels. And Nicola Sturgeon, very, very worried indeed, about that as well. So um, uh, they are certainly going to be at loggerheads uh, as they discuss Brexit with with regards to a number of issues. Um, uh, They are also rolling out this so-called city deal investment package, which involves the Scottish and um, Westminster governments contributing uh, a package towards Uh, The region, things like scientific research on space, um, agricultural technology, food and drink in a a number of innovation hubs, Um, health sciences being contributed uh, to, it's designed to contribute to infrastructure and economic growth on uh, both sides of the uh, Scottish-English border. Theresa May also um, visiting briefly the Edinburgh Festival, which is taking place uh, up in Scotland as we speak, but it is uh, these discussions with Nicola Sturgeon, which will be the centrepiece of the visit and will, which, uh, which will certainly be the most difficult part of the visit um, as well for Theresa May. This it marks her first domestic appearance, really, since she um, slightly cut short her summer holiday to go and have talks with French President Emmanuel Macron about Brexit. Uh, the British government at the moment engaged in a round of diplomacy in Europe to try and convince some individual European nations to um, get the European Commission negotiating team in Brussels to be perhaps a bit more flexible with ongoing discussions. And Ali Barrett, there's news coming out of Arsenal uh, today. Conker moved to take control of the club. Yes, Stan Kroenke, he's already the uh, majority shareholder um, of Arsenal, but has now made um, uh, an offer worth h- hundreds of millions of pounds to uh, buy the whole of Arsenal Football Club. As I say, he owns 67% of it already, but um, says that Alisher Usmanov, who uh, holds 30% in terms of a stake, has agreed to sell that to him. That will then trigger a process um, having over 90% of the club, if it does go ahead, as it looks like it probably will, um, where he would be able to trigger compulsory share purchases for people who have much smaller shareholdings in Arsenal. And uh, Stan Crocker would then, at that point, if effectively take the uh, the club back into private ownership in terms of his uh, private uh, ownership. The announcement's already been made, this buyout announcement to the, uh, the London Stock Exchange. 
Usmanov um, has had a very large shareholding for a long time, but hasn't been part of the decision-making process at Arsenal. He's not part of the board. He had um, uh, made his own uh, bid to try and buy Arsenal back in 2017, May of 2017, but that was rejected at the time by Stan Kroenke. So this deal now going in the other direction. Um, Arsenal fans... Uh, have mixed feelings about this. Uh, there are two camps, really. One, one camp, uh, probably the smaller camp, if we can um, judge it that way in terms of uh, people's feelings online, um, appears to be that uh, the smaller view, the smaller camp of view is that, you know, having a, a very wealthy backer who can uh, grow the business, who can uh, invest in the business and perhaps uh, increase funding for for example, the playing staff, then that could be beneficial for Arsenal and that it being a private ownership might make it easier for uh, one man to move the club in the right direction. Other Arsenal fans and many of the official supporters groups are very, very worried indeed uh, about this. The Arsenal Supporters Trust calling it a dreadful day uh, for Arsenal. They they say that partly because it will mean that supporters won't anymore own shares in Arsenal. Um, that will rob them of what they call their custodianship values um, at the club. Uh, they believe that Kronka would then, as a 100% owner, be able to do things like pay management fees and dividends um, without checks and balances uh, in place. They also worry very much about the idea that the purchase is going to be funded by debt. They don't want to see Arsenal weighed down by debts at a time when they have been, of course, losing ground in the Premier League to the other bigger spending clubs. They do have a new manager in place for the season. They've spent a bit of money, uh, but many Arsenal fans worried about um, about future prospects. But Stan Kroenke himself uh, says that if this does all go ahead, it will mean he will be able to to improve the club um, from a business perspective, but also on the pitch. Okay, Ollie Barrett in London for now. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.